When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. My nature's own Super B Complex 75 tablets for just $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Bazinas, he might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. Hey, Morena, New Zealand, three minutes past six on the 18th of January. Welcome in SCNZ Summer Brickie. Louis Herman Watt and Mitchell McLennigan still going strong as we tail towards Caracamillion this Saturday. So much going on around the world. Australian Open, how good was that to be back on our screens and watching awesome stuff last night. Cash Barty. Didn't take long at all, did she? Fantastic stuff. Thank you for your time this morning. Stay with us through till 9 o'clock in the doy and Smithy takes over from 9. We'll get our sleep on it question from him regarding the Under-19 World Cup. Plenty for us to get through this morning. Let's uh, circle back and, and have a look at our NFL tips because there's been a resurgence. We're still alive for a $50 bonus bet. <laughs> we are. We're still alive for a $50 bonus bet. We'll get to that. As far as who we're going to catch up with, well, we're going to do it a little bit different today. We're going to give some exposure to some young Kiwi athletes doing pretty remarkable things. You know, maybe not household names. Ben Barclay, another snow sports star under the age of 20. Yeah, the teenager has put himself right there. He's hit the qualification threshold for the Winter Olympics. Now up to the New Zealand team, whether they want to pick him after his second place at the Slope Style Free Ski World Cup in France. We'll catch up with Ben Barclay this after seven. After eight, Cam Fletcher. Well, speaking about a talented gloveman who's in serious knit, Cam Fletcher down there for Canterbury in the Super Smash in all formats has been in, on absolute fire. They play this evening against the Aces. They're in a pretty strong position, the Kings. If they get another win today, they'll be in a very strong position. And Zara Jetley, well, if I say a forfer. 
you're thinking, geez, it's a nice day out. Four for, what about four for one? Run. Four for one. Run. Off three overs. That was Zara Jetley for the Wellington Firebirds. Something in the water in the Wellington Fire, uh, the Wellington, uh, not the Firebirds. The- Blaze. Wellington Blaze. There's something in the water down there. The Blaze, they are in serious nick. Plenty more than that. That's who we've got to catch up with throughout the morning. And he's been here doing such a good job over summer. Mitch McLennigan, you, you're like a summer ox, mate. You just, you love it. Yeah, loving it, eh? Yeah, running, running real life, mate. Running a couple of jobs. Having a good time, though. It's been good. You like hibernate during winter because you're a summer cricketer. Yeah. Uh, no, I work. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I thought no. you worked two jobs in yeah, summer two to jobs take, in take summer. the winter No, winter, no way, bro. No, 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 no. Um, no, we well, actually been very, very fortunate, Louis. Um, mostly going from hot place to hot place. So, you know, um, winter's, winter's not True. my favourite time of the year, Louis. Uh, mind you, when I am overseas, I do miss my rugby league. So um, if I'm here in New Zealand, it's, uh, that's just me every weekend just parked up. Absolutely love it. Hey, um, I, I got you, or well, I don't know if it's for you but or, or Trudy, but I thought after our conversation yesterday, uh, maybe we could make a bit of Lego as well, or Trudy could do it during <laughs> Trudy's, Trudy's will. Hold on. So I've got us a little... Uh, you stay, stay there. I'll get a photo of this. <laughs> we've got a little Star Wars Lego set for our spaceship, so... We've got a nice little crew that we'll get Trudy to maybe make up during Trudy's will. She might come in a little bit early. I think Joe's probably got the uh, mental age for Lego. He's right in that wheelhouse. Just, just. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Yeah. yeah oh, no. Mrs. has been doing Lego. Yeah, she's been loving it. People, adult Lego's a thing. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I was in Toy World yesterday. Mate, these things are crazy, bro. These things are massive. Well, they're like four, or 500 bucks a pop. Well, Unbelievable stuff. What what's four hundred dollars a pop? Some of these Lego sets. Some of these Lego sets are four hundred dollars a pop. They are. Here you go. Trudy, Trudy, Trudy's in here. I love Lego. It's only a small little Lego. (laughs) So so you 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 um Joe will whip your mic on when he's. <laughs> it's the Snowtrooper Battle Pack. Yeah, no, yeah it's, it's only a small little thing, but yeah. The Starship Enterprise. The Starship. Yeah. So that's there. Yeah, just uh, theme up the studio a little bit, eh, Louis? Yeah. Well, did you bring your lightsaber? <laughs> I, do, I, do, I actually don't own one, mate. You're surprising. You don't own a lightsaber. Uh, no, you obviously do. Yeah, Yours is green. Do you? Oh, nice. You should have bought two. <laughs> I don't. That would have been great. But, um. Oh, gee. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Lightsaber. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, nervous. Yeah, summer. I thought we'd do that. That'd be good fun, eh? You'll enjoy that, Trudy. So, hundred percent. Yeah, and Joe, Joe might even pop in there. Yeah. How how badly does it hurt though when you stand on Lego? Oh, don't well. let nobody. You you like to kick around in bare feet yeah, in I the do. studio. Yeah. So if one of those ends up on the floor, that's a real hazard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole box. I don't think it's it's good. if the box is on the floor, I think we'll be right. And the worst thing about Lego is it doesn't matter which side it's up. All edges are just just sharp. Just, eh? sharp. just super sharp. You got a choking hazard for a child, Lego? Yeah. Well, that, well, yeah. True. That's true. Perfect. Perfect size to. Yeah. Well, the wife and uh, wife and baby are away at the moment, so they're um, still away. Yeah, they're, they're away for a couple of weeks, mate. I'm going to pop down this weekend to Fongamatoa and see them. Um, but the little one's charging around, mate. She's um, she just unlocked three, four rolls in a row. So, mate, when it gets back here, it's going to be all on. So, just better enjoy the break. Enjoy hanging out with you guys. 
Yeah, the break. That's right. <laughs> That's okay. Georgia won't be listening now, will she? None. Oh, geez. Yeah, feeding time. Probably. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Um, now did you enjoy the games yesterday, mate? I mean, um, it was a good viewing. Good afternoon of viewing the NFL. Yes, I did. What about you, Trudy? Tennis. <laughs> yeah, all the tennis. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys were funny yesterday in the group chat talking about the football. And you were, it was funny. And I thought you were talking about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we just speak in generic terms. Yeah, Joe, I'll just say everyone knows Joe, Joe's a 49ers fan. Um, and then they looked like they were going to absolutely bottle it against the Cowboys. So Joe's just popped in the group chat, I'm sweating. And I'm like, it's 31 degrees. Of course you are. <laughs> Thinking that the the white. And, and I, f- I felt like an idiot, actually. I felt like an idiot for not being clear. But hey, the 49ers, how good? Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. That was a. Um, One of the upsets we picked. Yep. But it was a weird game as well. And the Cowboys, again, just seem to love losing in the playoffs, don't they? And. Look, for a minute there, I thought that the 49ers were really going to give that up because they weren't protecting the sideline. I think Dak had about 40-odd seconds to get into Hail Mary range or even Mm. closer. And they had three consecutive 10-yard gains where the 49ers just were not cornering up the sideline. Yeah, Tony Romo was pulling his hair out, wasn't he? He was was freaking out. Like, what are they doing? He's a fantastic commentator. Isn't he? Yeah, good colour man. He's great, actually. Yeah, for for someone who was a just a mediocre, mediocre footballer, <laughs> he'd be better than mediocre, wouldn't you he? reckon? No, I don't really yeah. know. Nah, he was okay. Maybe I think it, the better you are at commentary, the better your career kind of feels. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like maybe. It, there's like something to that. Like yeah, you yeah. just assume that he was a. I've always found. Do you know? I've always found with the the, um, or some of the best players in the world um, from a lot of sports, um, because no one's ever told them. Like or question them ever, they don't know as much about the game as you'd expect, and that might sound like a surprise. But particularly subcontinent-wise, you know, they never get told that their ideas are wrong, so they never get questioned or anything like that because they're great to the game and they just do it. Like they just go, we you know we watched all the likes of Brian Lara, they just do it, and they they ask them how, they can't really explain it. So that's probably. Why Tony, Tony Romo is such a good commentator? Because he was like good, but like he was like, looks like he had to like think about the game a lot more than like a lot of other guys. So it's interesting. That's an interesting um, theory. And you get some like superstars that are like Tiger Woods, right? That are like the most analytical. Like the way he holds a golf club is just completely crafted. There's no nothing by chance. Everything he his career and his greatness was built and designed by his father mm. and by hitting a thousand balls. And then you get guys probably more like Cam Smith or even Dustin Johnson, who John Daly, these guys that are just feel. They just pick yeah. up a club, know mm. which way it goes, and just timing and rhythm and just can and not they don't overthink the game at all. And you can kind of have the same th- you know, these they can get to the same level or more, obviously not to Tiger's extent in that example, but you can get to be one of the top five players in the world and do it completely differently and you can be the thinking great or the mm. just kind of simple mm. great. Well, that was quite classic, actually. You talk about Tiger Woods. Um, did you ever see the commercial for TaylorMade where they got all those guys together? Jason Day. Yes. Yeah, and, and Jason Day said, oh, Tiger, like, how do you control that shot? And he goes, oh, i just slow my hand down, hands down at impact. And Jason Day's just gone, mate... <laughs> Just talk like a normal person, like actually explain it like how like we 
want to hear it like is there something different like different tempo like it was just uh, just even to watch guys like that like Jason Day just go oh this guy's just an absolute freak like and yeah. I don't even understand like what he means by like slowing his hands down at impact like crazy stuff mate it's just oh those kind of guys like those are guys you just love to just follow around like on well, and off the golf course just for a couple of weeks so eh? well you will be able to. So, Drive to Survive, big Drive to Survive fans here, are we? Yeah. Have you yep. seen it? Yes. Yep. yep. Netflix partnering with two more sports. I don't know if you saw this over the last week. And they've already started filming. Have they? PGA Tour. And there was right. a list of about 20 guys that are going to be getting followed around for the, uh, I think there was about eight tournaments, like the, play, oh, yeah. the players, all the FedEx, um, obviously the four majors. And then the other sport was tennis. And the Netflix crews are already at the Australian Open and everyone's already saying, how good's the Djokovic episode going to oh, be? Oh, wow. Of Drive to Survive. Yeah. So the Drive to Survive, I mean, it was kind of, I saw somebody say it's for the golf, it's more like drive, <laughs> drive pitch and putt for to survive. <laughs> yeah. The tennis serve to survive, I guess, or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. But that, so those are after the drive to survive the original, the Formula One uh, show, everyone was thinking, how good's this? This is a yeah. sign. And, and, it, and I've got no doubt that Formula One, the success Formula One is about to go through in the boom period, which it already is, following on from Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton's controversial last race and season. Mm. The, season the, the boom period they're about to go through as a sport is 100% directly tied to that Netflix and that broadening of their um, audience base by trying to find, realising that sport isn't competing with sport anymore. Sport is competing with entertainment and competing yeah. with TikTok. With oh, that's digital. great. And, and I think, like, so I was always wondering what sport was going to go do it next. And for mm. me, I was thinking... I mean, how good if they got it in, like, they, they went and did something around in, like, the, the, the UK jockey's room or even the Australian jockey's room, did, like, a, a ride to survive sort of horse racing thing. That's exactly what a sport like horse racing that might have not marketed itself so she well. they'd be entertaining. I think you'd That's have to handpick your jockeys. Yeah. Very, very much so. But I was thinking, what other sports? And they've gone to the top. I mean, yeah, awesome. golf. You're a golf nut. How good is it going to be? That'd be wicked. They already have like pretty good access, but like the uncensored stuff will be great. We did it at um, Mumbai. Um, we Ooh, yeah, had a Netflix. Yeah, we had. Well, we had it at yeah one year. Oh, what was it called? Oh, yeah. Oh, like the, the Sunderland Till I Die type. Um, yeah, we did that. that the, the, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our worst season ever. Yes. <laughs> was that? I I must admit I hadn't seen that one. I watched the Sunderland Till I Die, but I'd never yeah. watched the Mumbai one. Yeah, watch it. Is it, yeah. is it, were you, so was that season you I think you'll find it, yeah, yeah. How'd you come across? Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched it. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should do a viewing party. Do you reckon? I a viewing so. party? A watch party? Yeah. I'll just start. Uh, don't yeah. you get worried about the cameras all around you in the background? It was um, It was a bit, bit weird. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then um, it actually was really invasive, to, particularly when we were starting to get under the pump. Um, and then figured out quite early doors that... Um, our owners weren't going to sign off anything that had like any cursing, so if I wanted none of the content to be like used, I, I would just drop. You'd have to say. I drop. A, oh, no, I just drop a, a naughty word. Oh. <laughs> and so then they wouldn't be able to use the content because they like literally they were like they wouldn't leave you alone. Um, so so paint the picture to us like how many mm. cameras are following around and are they coming into the sheds before the game after the game? 
Yeah, so um, they couldn't come into the changing room pre uh, during the game, um, just with anti-corruption and all that kind of stuff. They weren't cleared for anti-corruption. Um, but there was always a camera on the bus, uh, always a camera in the gym, always a camera in the at training, like two or three cameras at training. Um, yeah, there'd be people parked up everywhere, airports everywhere, yeah. So it just follows you around the whole time and it's just like, you know, sometimes you just want to... Well, I'd be a mess. <laughs> I don't think I could handle it. I'm just well, what if they did one here, like the ma- yeah. making of this ENZ? Let's do it. They missed all the gold. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it's, interesting. It's it, super interesting. Because su- you're right, it looks invasive, yeah. but that's what makes it. That dri- drive to Survive, the, the thing that really, I mean, as well as the characters and the drama, it was 100% the ego. Mm. It's the Christian versus the Toto versus the Lewis, with the Lewis versus the Max. And the so the, and there's so many little subplots that they could cover via 11 episodes or whatever it was. But all of them had an element of ego. That was like it. And, and I think the golf is going to be gold because these guys are – it's in another individual – I think individual sport is the key for this. Yeah. And I think golf is going to be so good, especially when it gets kind of – I guess if it's like tense and heading into the last round of a major and they actually do have the access that they're saying that they similarly had with well, – um, Kepka and uh, Bryson. Wow. How good yeah. would that be? Spats, yeah. <laughs> And and you know tennis, I mean the the chase to twenty one, the fight to you know who's going to get there, uh, Novak or Roger or or um, Rafa. And it would be super interesting to see um, how people get portrayed because I know Ishan Kishan, um, who's young batter for us at Mumbai, um, didn't come across like amazingly well from what I've heard, um, and he was probably under the most pressure. So if you want to if you want to see pressure of the IPL, um, watch that Mumbai um, documentary because. Look at what you see, what, it, what the perceived pressure is, and then times that by 20 because mm. it's very tame compared to like the pressure that actually put under. But you see enough. People actually come up to me after and just like, mate, this is crazy. Like I didn't realise how like much pressure you're under you know, from the team, from the owners, like what the stress was. Like, oh, man. like yeah, yeah, times it. Times it by 20. Ba- see, Baz has, Baz has told us or given us a glimpse from a – well, obviously a player's perspective, but now a coach's perspective and just the, I think it's easy because guys like yourself and Baz, you're so happy-go-lucky cruising. <laughs> you kind of cruise around in your jandals when you're in New Zealand and just like, yeah, I get cricket, yeah, mad living out of it, radio. But then the, the flip, the switch gets flipped and when he was watching Baz, when that King Calcutta went on a ride and, and when he was mm. in the dugout and when he was at, they actually had a chance to make the final, how much it actually – he could see how much it actually was weighing yeah, on him in yeah. the moment. Yeah, I was like, well, that's a side of, side of him I've never seen because this is a big bucks, but it's big pressure and I think it's easy to forget. But that's cool. We'll go watch that. Do you know what it's called? Uh, I'll find it for you. All right. We'll find that. Double eight, double three. what sport other than golf or tennis – would you want to see a Drive to Survive type show? 0800 150 811. The Ken Arts Hire phone line is there for you. I want to hear from you. And on those sports, golf and, and tennis, who are you excited to see portrayed? I think the, the big one would have to be Bryson and Brooks, although they kind of kissed and made up a wee bit in the uh, Ryder Cup, didn't they? But it would still be good. Get in touch with us. After this, we might actually hear some highlights from last night at the tennis Day one of the Australian Open, what a time. Ash Barty, the party, Cash Barty on fire. Rafa got through. 21 minutes past six, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, listen to SCNZ, can't wait to have you back. Izzy, my bro, 
Um, Mitch, we're talking Netflix, we're talking sports docs, all that sort of stuff, and double eight, double three. Texas come through with the goods. Yeah, um, the doco mate is called uh, Cricket Fever, Mumbai Indians. So Cricket Fever, Mumbai Indians. Yeah, well worth a watch um, from all accounts. Um, I should probably watch it myself. <laughs> I think you should watch it. And Mark's come through with a ripper here regarding the Drive to Survive type shows. We're going to get to that in a second. But day one of the Australian Open, Brett Phillips and our team and SEN, they do a fantastic job covering it. Let's take in the action. Herself a free point. Forehand into the net, off the racket of Sorenko. And Ash Barty gets it done on Rod Laver Arena on the opening night. Inside an hour, 54 minutes to be exact. Six love, 6-1 for the world number one. Launches to the forehand, it's deep on the line from Lopez. Great shot, he's skipping to the chair. The 40-year-old might have a bit of life left in him yet to come from two sets to love down. He's got the break. 30-15, looking for a 3-1 lead. Retrieved on the forehand there by Millman. Now slicing away. One hand in the end was Lopez. Backhand cross-court there by Millman. Stretching into the corner was Lopez. It gets Millman on the run, the drop shot. Millman goes cross-court, can he pass here? John was there for the volley, but... Lopez hit it back with a fair bit of force. He couldn't quite control it. 40-15. 30 all. 2-4 down this third set, John Millman. First two sets in the bag. Lunging response just over the net from Lopez. He should be able to put it away, Millman. He's at the net, a couple of volleys, and Lopez has found a way to pass. So he set up the court beautifully, Millman. Just left the door open, though. Oh, Lopez. With a beautiful backhand cross court for a winner. The guys who were heckling him are now standing applauding him. 5-2, he's a game away from stretching this match out. Siordo with a Maccas, Aussie Angus. Nice retrieve there by Millman. Lunging volley here from Lopez, open court for Millman, who does get the break. Cuts the margin back to 3-5, he'll come out and serve. To cut it back even further. Swung it beautifully out wide to the ad side. It's just glorious. 15 all. When he makes that first serve, it's so tough to get it back. 17 aces for Lopez. Millman now launches to the chip and charge return once again. Is that Lopez? The law from John. He's centimetre perfect. John Millman. Very, very entertaining because we've got Lopez who wants to get in all the time. It's not just a back of the court battle. Every part of the court being used. That was lobtastic, let me tell you. Landed right in the corner. Haven't seen a lob yet from Millman. What a shot. Lopez swings it down the middle. He comes back up to serve. Nice little drop shot. Millman's got to dig deep. Lopez trying to get across court. Catches a bit of the tape. Millman up the line. Lopez can't get there. That's some sort of point. 15-30, Millman potentially two points away from winning this match. Second match point for John Millman. Search the body of Millman. Great return from the Aussie deep. Lopez nets. And Millman 
moves on to the second round here at the Australian Open. What an effort from the 32-year-old. Highly entertaining match here at Margaret Court Arena. Love the scene on the Tomanovic serve. Oh my gosh, that was just absolute ripper of a return of serve from Bedosa. Scream down the line. Sometimes you just don't know what you're getting with the Spaniard. She's just so aggressive. There you go, day one from the Aussie Open. Oh, I love this event. We spoke about it yesterday. Now the Djokovic saga is out of the way. We can get on to the tennis. And even just watching Rafa go about his business yesterday, it was superb. He just coasted through. Uh, Coco Golf had a, a bit of trouble. Cam Norrie had a bit of trouble. You always get a couple of upsets early doors. More today. Uh, the best thing about the Australian Open, it's on from about 1pm New Zealand time all the way through to about 1am. So you get 12 hours of tennis. Right now it's time for the news with Trudy for Kubota. On the other side I've got this text from Mark to use. I'm going to talk some love racing because what is it? Karaka Million Week. Right now, Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. CNZ Summer Brecky, 27 minutes away from 7. I've been getting experimental with my coffee this morning. I had it early, so I've got a little bit of kick in me. Don't you? You're fizzing. <laughs> he hasn't stopped moving, Trudy. Well, I must admit, you've normally never touched coffee before 8, like I've always asked you every morning. Do you want a coffee? You want a coffee? About so this time, you're like, no, no, hang it. And then you about 8 o'clock, you go, look a bit jittery. So you're kicking it now at 6.34. Yeah, we've got a... Um, Shout out an espresso. We've got a, we've got an espresso machine, like one of those. And gee, we may, we've been joking about the Star Wars, the spaceship. But when you you, and maybe I just haven't been up to speed with the, like the latest coffee co- machine. Coffee frisbees, eh? I've they're, never seen them before. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously, they're these little um, because you know they're pods usually, but yeah. they're these things. They're like they yeah, almost look saucers. frisbees. Yeah, just, little UFOs, eh? Yeah, uh, yeah let's, let's get, get the them space in here thing. with our little let's Star Star, star Wars, Wars figurines. Yeah, like flying coffee. Sources. Anyway. We could build an epic, epic Lego set in here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the other shows will be stoked. <laughs> Come in, <laughs> Lego. Smitty's in here on Friday morning, um, and I don't know if he'd be too impressed. <laughs> mm, we'll, we'll, we'll ask him during sleep on it. Uh, here's a text from Mark. Good, good morning, Trudy and lads. Absolutely stoked to hear more series like Drive to Survive coming to Netflix. My wife is never... And was never interested in the Formula One, did not even want to watch it on the news. Now she follows it and is keen to know the placing of the drivers and teams of the drive, drivers' championships. I wonder what a V8 championship series would look like. Bang. Great suggestion from Mark. V8, because those guys are colourful characters as well. I just think you need a bit of ego, you need a bit of character, and it would be a, a home run. So appreciate your message on double eight, double three. Hey, loveracing.nz, Mitch and Trudy. Uh, look, this is where we do all our forms. This is where we look at everything horse racing or thoroughbred racing at least. And I've been banging on about it. It's a big week. And tell you what, today's a huge morning for what the market will look like for the Karaka Million two-year-old race. And the reason is Tiakau have won the two-year-old race for five years in a row. Mm. They just... There's a culmination of things, but David Ellis, who's the principal there, DC, he um, he is probably the best thoroughbred judge in the country. Well, you know, proven 
proven record, really. So he goes to the Karaka sales and he knows what he wants for a, a, a two-year-old yearling that, well, a yearling that will be a two-year-old that will get up and running. So within its first six, eight months will be up and running. Um, he's got a, a big budget, which helps because he can buy the nice the nice pedigrees. Yep. And then they've got a, a wizard and a young trainer, Jamie Richards. And the key, well, one of the keys, is Opie Bosson. The country's best jockey has been for a long time. He's their stable rider. So the benefit of having Opie Bosson on the books as your stable rider is Opie Bosson does your track work for you. So in the morning, and this is a this is an interesting point when you think about trainers and some of the great trainers, they, they don't actually jump on the back of the horses a lot of the time. Mm. Some do, um, and it's a huge benefit, I think, and I've had that told to me by trainers. You know, the guys that, or the guys or girls that can jump or throw a leg over and actually just get the feel of the horse, it's a bit different just from reading it, and they are good at both, but someone like Opie, the benefit of having him not just ride in races for you because he's the best race rider, but having his IP, his knowledge at the track especially when it comes to Karaka Million Time, is invaluable because these two-year-olds, some of them have only had one, two, three starts, especially the ones that have only had one start. You're still learning about them every single day. So Opie's been doing track work the last week. Mm. He wrote a couple of them, Dynastic and Grace and Grey, the two favourites for Tiakao at Allersley yesterday. He's doing his last little bit of track work where they're going to have a nice little blowout this morning at Maramara. And we're going to hear probably sometime, I would suggest this morning, which two-year-old Opie Boston has said, I want to be on that one. And it's working the best four days out from the big race. Good. It's a market. It's a one that markets will move. Watch the Tiakau Racing social channels to hear it. Here's my pick. I think he's going to pick the di- Dynastic, the Almanzor Gelding. Yep. I just think it's first race day start at... at it ran in behind Grace and Gray, but it looked like it had super improvement. It strided out beautifully. And yesterday at Ellerslie, I just thought it looked a picture. And it just looked, just just something, it looks athletic. It looks like it's got a lot of upside. That's my pick. I'm climbing a bit blind there. We'll find out a little bit later this morning and watch the market move in the futures. Or the futures might come down by then, actually. But tomorrow when we do the live barrier draw here on SCNZ at 11 a.m. with we'll Ian moving Smith. at the moment, mate, after that news. Look at that. Jeez, look look at the power of you, Louis. Uh-huh. Look at the power of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got big boards in here. We can see the yeah. market's fluctuating. <laughs> um, tomorrow at 11 o'clock with Smithy, Mick and me are going to come into studio. We're going to do the live barrier draw, live and exclusive on SCNZ, New Zealand Bloodstock and, and uh, Auckland That's Thoroughbred great. Racing. They're so, uh, giving us the power, and we're going to do it and watch the markets move. Then we'll know who the, who's going to be right. We'll know. We'll probably know. We'll definitely know who Opie's going to be riding. And I tell you what, as the BGP lads say, there's only one Opie Boston, and on Karaka Million Night, it's a formula you don't really want to mix with, mess with. Tiakau Opie. So if he picks Dynastic, which I think he might. Watch it move. Exciting stuff. Beautiful. Good. I'm learning about this every day, mate. Can't I tell you too much else, but seriously, the power of a great track work rider, mm. and especially the top jockeys that come and do a lot of your work for you. So guys like in Australia, like James McDonald, a huge relationship with Chris Waller. Yep. Having him, they've got good track work riders, and they can get the horse to a point. But having those top jockeys or Huey Bowman come and sit on the horse on a Tuesday and a Monday morning. Just give it a gallop. Just, okay, maybe blinkers, maybe just back it off a little bit before the race. Is that, that last little bit of just how it feels under yeah. you, invaluable. So that's where I'm at. And uh, after this, we're going to give you a chance to win a $50 bonus bet, and you might be able to have a little dabble, Mitch. 
Yeah, put it on Dynasty, eh? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> let's get in there. Hey, no one, no one wins it today. I'm taking the fifty bucks home. Is it a tough quiz? Uh, one of them. One question's a little bit t- was tough for me. Not one, not the, not one that you would think though. So, hmm. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Crack a million week. Don't tell me you're not fired up. Come and take us on for a fifty dollar bonus bet. Give us a call, Quizzy Mitchy Mitchy Dag. Up after this, <laughs> let's get stuck in. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause this ain't in the bag. Now give it a go That's right, you heard the great man Give us a call on 0800 150 With your chance to win a $50 bonus bet Here, thanks to Ashley and Martin and the TAB Well, yeah, we've got a great quiz for you today, team And geez, the lines are lighting up So hopefully we can get this $50 bonus bet out So I don't have to spend it on your behalf we're going to go to the phones. Damon, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, you sound you? great. Yeah, fantastic, mate, fantastic. All right, you know your tennis? Not really, but I'll give it a crack. Oh, yeah, good, man, that's love it. right. Good attitude, love it. How many Aussie Opens has Novak Djokovic won? Oh, nine. Yes, my <laughs> man, what a stab, what a stab. I don't know my tennis, but I'm also uh, a <laughs> massive know it tennis is, yeah. fan. <laughs> I, read, I read that one the other day, so I did know that one. <laughs> oh, did you? Good, Good man. man, sweet. Which franchise has won the most A-League premierships in history with four? Sydney. Okay, beautiful, good work This one, a little bit more difficult I got this one wrong this morning Which year was NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers drafted? Oh, I would say We'll go three, two, and one 2009. Oh, hard luck, brother. Hard luck. Uh, good, good couple of stabs there, brother. Nice work. Real you have a great nice. day. Thank you. All, all Thank right. You. We've got Carl on the phone. Carl, ready to go? Oh, not with my American thought. <laughs> oh, well, you just got to pick a year, mate. Got to pick a year. He's, he's relatively old. So, That's which it. year was NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers drafted? Uh, it's 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 lower than the last answer. Yeah, it's before two thousand and nine. Okay, um, two thousand and seven. Ooh, no, getting closer, getting closer. Hard Warmer. luck, mate. You have a cracker. All right, we've got Pistol Pete on the phone. Pistol Pete, how are you? Good, thanks. Morning, lads. Oh, how are hey, we? Pistol. How are we? All right. Which year was NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers drafted? Uh, 2004. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Pete, you have a great day, brother. See you for soon. Well, 
Unlucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 okay, Jay. <laughs> how we going, mate? Bit grumpy there, pistol. Cheer up. G'day, Jade. How are you? Yeah, good. Which year was NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers drafted? Oh, was it 2005? Yes, my man. Oh, How good. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Okay, don't leave it to these last callers. You've got two questions left. Felipe, Felipe Contanino. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be practicing that all morning, bro. Can you just say it for me, bro? Contenio? Yeah, Felipe Contenio. Uh, scored <laughs> scored just 18 minutes into his Premier League return for Aston Villa. Which Premier League club did he play for previously? Uh, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough? <laughs> no. Hard no. luck. Thanks, bro. Well, right. End of the country-ish. Um, all right. Wade, how are you, mate? Um, Louis, you're going to say the name and I'll just say the rest of the... Philippe Coutinho played for... Yeah, yeah. Philippe Coutinho played for which club previous to Aston Villa? Wade. Wade, you're there, brother. All right. We don't have Wade. All right. Sweet. Richie? Richie, you there, mate? Yeah, I'm here. Always oh, there. Oh, beauty. Sweet. Have you got yeah. that, mate? Uh, yeah, I've heard the question. I'll go, any, mini, miny, mo, Middlesbrough. <laughs> no, we just <laughs> had that one. <laughs> Two in a row. <laughs> Middles- I haven't thought of Middlesbrough in about five years, and now I've had the answer twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got Wade. Is Wade back on the phone? Nah, Brett. No, we've got Brett. Okay, Brett, how are you? Morning, boys. Yeah, Morning. Too bad. We want to give this cash away, mate. Do you know the answer to that one? Uh, no, mate, no. Hard luck, bro. You have a good day. <laughs> All right, Simon. Simon, which Premier League club did Philippe Contenio play for before Aston Villa? Uh, Liverpool. He did, mate. He did. He did. How good. Hey, we love it. I'll just say 0800 This quiz is not done yet, and we need okay. you to keep going. Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't want me to have the cash? Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Simon, Simon, we've got the last one, mate. Uh, who was the first batsman to score more than 150 runs in an O-day, o- a one-day international match? Over 150. Yeah, more than 150 runs, yeah. Um, Three, um, two, one. Take a stab. Chris Gale. Oh, yeah, not a bad guess. I don't mind that guess. Not a bad it's, guess. It's quite a lot before that, though, which I was surprised about. Yeah. Okay, so Jordan on the line. Jordan? Oh, morning. How are you? Who, who was the first batsman to score over 150 runs in a one-day international match, mate? Um, a Glenn Turner? Oh, it was, bro. How good. Hey, the quick fingers. Quick fingers. Nice work. <laughs> Our prize winner, Quicker Jordan. fingers than Joe's. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, bro. Well, what a way to start your Tuesday. Any ideas? You're going to jump on Louis, Louis' pick if Opie Bossum gets the ride? Um, nah. I've had some bad luck with all those picks lately. Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad luck. That's right. Yeah. You, you're running on Baz's luck, are you? <laughs> yeah, right. I went on Roaster the other day. Stephen McIver, that finished like chicken to last. Oh, you're taking picks for Stephen McIver? 
Well, I thought I'd give him a go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, when he, he, he said the Cowboys going to win by 20. Yeah, well, he was thinking with his, tipping with his heart, not his head, wasn't he? Well done, Jordan. Awesome, Jordan. Fair play to you, mate. All right, beautiful. Well done, mate. Uh, not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. It's true as well. It's true as well. It's true as well. It's true as well. It's Trudy's world. Two minutes to seven and joking about how our fancy new studio is so fancy, flash and futuristic and the Nespresso machine is like flying Frisbee Jetsons <laughs> like Space Vibe. Mitch has arrived with Star Wars Lego this morning. Team building in the new building, like literally. Nice so touch, right, Mitch, yeah. bring the Lego. Um, here's the instruction booklet, so um, you guys will throw that away, right? Because that's what <laughs> oh, we such a stereotype. <laughs> but yes. Talking stereotype, I'm sorry, but look at this little bag. Like, they've gone all emoji, like the little faces on the Lego. When I yeah. used to play it as a kid, they were yellow, yeah. which was inappropriate. But now there's every shade of face. Look, there's a pale one, and a medium one, well. and a dark. And there were expressions and lipstick. And the little guys, if you line up these little minifigures that were made, 340 million of these little minifigures, line them in a line, uh, made last year, that would make the distance from London to China. No way. They lined up all the little baby minifigures. Crazy, who sort that out? Lego stands for play well, by the way. Yeah, and don't leave on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Trudy. Coming up to 7 o'clock now, Ben Barclay, one of our skiing sensations, another teenager doing great things on the world stage, coming up out of Europe after this, off to chase down some McCafe coffee. Trudy's back with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. Nature's own Super B Complex 75 tablets for just $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. Morning to you, three minutes past seven o'clock, 18th of January 2021. Great to have your company here on the SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Baz and Izzy not far away from returning, but in the meantime, it's Mitch McLennigan and myself, Louis Herman, Watt, through till nine o'clock today. Then Ian Smith takes over. As I mentioned in the last hour, we're Karaka Million Week, and tomorrow at 11 a.m., we got the live barrier draw exclusive here on SENZ. So you want the information first? Stay tuned to SENZ throughout the day today and all the way to 11am tomorrow. Big parts of the show coming up still. Cam Fletcher after 8 o'clock as well as Zara Jetley. Four for, four for one. I'm going to ask Mitch what his best bowling figures are during the show because four for one, I assume a lot of club players wouldn't have even hit that. It's pretty special stuff from Zara Jetley, the Wellington Blaze. Off spinner, Cam Fletcher, he's in good nick as well. But Mitch, um, I'm loving my snow sports at the moment heading into the Winter Olympics. It's exciting, eh? Because I'm I'm a big advocate of just flying Kiwis and jumping on bandwagons, right? Mm. And it's hard not to love this crew of young snow bunnies. They are after it, aren't they? Exciting, bro. Yeah, really exciting, actually. Um, It's going to be... And just just a nice little build up this World Cup into the into the Olympics. So, you know, always going to crack on soon, aren't they? So, no, exciting. Um, some great footage coming out of France yesterday. So, no, we're really excited to 
have a chat. So I think we've got Ben Barclay coming up, don't we? We do. Hey. We do have Ben Barclay coming up. He's all the way out of... Oh, actually, we'll find out exactly where he is. He's in Europe. So let's see if we've got him on the line. Ben, morning or evening to you, man. How you doing? G'day, guys. Uh, doing well, thanks. Whereabouts are you? What are your weather and track conditions? Uh, just landed in Switzerland. Was having a travel day today and going to post up here for a few days before heading off to China. Ah, oh, awesome. See, oh, okay, so some okay. News for us. So, what, what does that that would suggest? There's something going on in China, isn't there? There is. There is indeed. Yeah. Nice. So, is that official now, Ben, or are you or are you just you still waiting for some news? Uh, yeah. After the after the result in France, managed to managed to snag my spot in the end. Awesome, oh, brother. C- congratulations. Ben Barclay, uh, a member of our New Zealand Winter Olympic team by the sounds of it. So for context, a second, a silver medal, a, a silver podium spot at the FIS Free Ski Slopestyle World Cup in France. And it sounds like the Olympics has been your, your dream and your goal for a long time, man. And you were just trying to do what it took to qualify. And then this result, for whatever reason, it's just you, you've, you've over-exceeded your own expectations. Does that sound about right? Yeah, definitely. Um, the qualification period for the games was about two years long and took a while of just trying to accumulate points little by little at each event and came down to the last one. So beyond stoked to be able to do well and qualify. Nice, Ben. Um, so you obviously had a number in mind. Um, what number did you have to finish to qualify for the Olympics? Uh, it wasn't a set number. There was just a few people that I needed to try and stay ahead of and as a whole it was just to go out there and ski my best. Nice bro, I mean your second run a score of 82.71, you had 11 skiers uh, behind you, Uh, I'm picking there was a couple of those blokes in there who you needed to go past, that must have been pretty nerve wracking. Yeah absolutely, it was a long wait, Um, wasn't too nerve wracking at the start because I was pretty convinced that it wasn't going to hold but then once there was maybe five people left or so it started getting pretty scary knowing that there was actually a chance of staying on the podium so yeah it took a while but was stoked in the end I reckon get used to it mate it's um it'll become easier and easier <laughs> the more the more you, the more you do it what do you reckon it was about the mentality of going in here like having a a clear objective that freed you up to actually get your best ever result because there must be a connection, right? Yeah, um, still trying to work that out to be honest, but I think for the most part it was just managing to focus on the only thing I could control was my skiing as opposed to thinking about everything else going on and I think that kind of just clicked. Nice, bro. You um you went to the Youth Olympics in 2020. You finished 15th and 16th. Um, in that period between now and then, uh, now uh, then and now, um, what do you think's changed in the way you're skiing, or like you say, in the approach you take to each run? Uh, yeah. After that event, was definitely wanting some redemption. It wasn't the result I was looking for, and just had a lot of time training and a lot of different events to gain some experience between then and now. What's your um what's your support network like when you're away from home, Ben? Because we we spoke to high performance manager and CEO of Snow Sports NZ last week, and and the the kind of upscaling of New Zealand's program in general, and, and having to support all of you young athletes, and and there's a real kind of 
golden period coming through. So what sort of support network are you working with away from home? And are you in touch with high performance, uh, snow sport, high performance and, and that sort of thing back here? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a very tight network overseas in person, uh, but the support network is huge back home with everyone just virtually helping out and sorting out all the logistics behind the scenes. So it's a big job that goes into it, but there's heaps of very helpful people that make my life a bit easier. Makes sense, mate, and I think that's the the best way to go, especially when you're that far away from home. So Olympics now off to China. You obviously don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but is there something in you that says, you know, you've got momentum and you're you're trending in the right place? Um, I'd definitely like to think so, Um, or hope so. So we're definitely going in there giving 110% effort and see what happens. And is there, is there anyone who wasn't at the World Cup event who, who you've got your eye on chasing down? I mean, there's obviously be uh, be great honour, obviously, to back this up and get an Olympic gold medal or, or silver. We're going gold, mate. We're, we're going to pump it up one more. We're going to pump it up one more. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, no one really that I got my eye on in particular, more just my personal goals to ski the best that I can and everything else will fall into place. Awesome, man. That's really exciting. Great news and congratulations. So a bit of time in Switzerland, then off to China. It's crazy. It's crazy to say that. I must. You must still be pinching yourself a bit, but um, probably been a whirlwind, but appreciate you taking the call for us. Cheers, guys. There you go. Ben Barclay. He's 19, and he's off to the Olympics in the slope-style skiing. It doesn't even sound like it's sunk in, eh? Flatline. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think after a day travelling, he's probably a zonked. He'll be cooked, Coming yeah. down the adrenaline, the serotonin, all trying to balance out. Man, 19 and just achieve, kicking goals and achieving goals. Oh, I just love it that he he obviously identified that the, the Youth Olympics, he didn't do as well as he wanted. Um, he's obviously spent the last couple of years just trying to rectify that and um, what a performance man um, it just shows under pressure um, he obviously had what it take, took and that's nice knowing that even if he does end up with an early run um, coming into the Olympics at some point that um, you know when pressure's on there's a few guys behind him that might just choke and fold there Louis so well look I don't want to yeah, I don't want to put the mockers on him but I think it you know, there's something to be said for qualifying late and just coming through with a short run up, rather than knowing you're going to the Olympics and you're going to be in the middle contention for four, five, you know, for for years and years, mm. and knowing that that's where you should be. Where Ben's kind of had like a sailor v, let's go, you know, let's just try and let's put all my eggs in this basket, let's go to France, let's qualify, let's roll to the Olympics and not even think about it, and like that kind of just go with the momentum when it pushes you. I reckon there's something to that. Uh, I think definitely bang on because he's had to peak now um, and it's only one month out. You're only one month away from competing in the Olympics. so Not a lot um, of time to overthink it. And Nah, like you say, if you'd already qualified early doors, um, you kind of just cruise. You're probably trying to peak for one month's time um, now, but he'll just be able to carry that momentum on. He sounds sounds like, and we watched, watched the run um, yesterday and then we watched it, rewatched it again this morning and he was pretty flawless. Oh, it was pretty impressive stuff. Weird thought, but I reckon I said to you, you know how they come and switch? I think that's what you call it yeah. when, so they, they do the... <laughs> this they, is a weird thought. Yeah. So they do the jump and then they kind of come out backwards hmm. and they've got their head craned right around because they kind of yeah. have to line up the next 
I reckon they would be really good at reversing down driveways. <laughs> yeah, they would be, I guess, with an old car. Yeah. yeah most, you don't do you use your camera. Like, you're still old school, eh? You just crane that neck around. Old school. I'm, a, I'm a regular Kiwi, mate. Uh, I know you're, you're a bit higher than me, but not everyone has cameras in their car. Uh, you and your scooter. I mean, your bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a camera on that. <laughs> mate, not everyone's got a, uh, uh, not everyone's driving that, that IPL wagon around. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I guess he probably would be. He's only 19. You never know. He might not even have his licence. Because these days, they don't get their licence early. I could, mate, he should be a truckie when he's done. Because they, <laughs> they, 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 the way that, that reversing style, yeah, as they're coming in switch, that was just the first thing I thought, which is a very strange observation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a strange observation. <laughs> no, actually, the first thought was, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and every time, it doesn't really wear off. I know... Um, I know you've never touched the snow, and I'm not exactly a, a snow uh, junkie. So people might be a bit more accustomed to watching these guys and girls, you know, what Nico and Zoe and mm. Margot and, and Alice, they all do. There's something about it that's just mesmerizing. I think it's the pace. I think it's the adrenaline. And, and as I say, nothing spun me out more than when I – and it's kind of a little bit different on slope style, but it's still steep. Nothing spun me out more when I went to Cadrona and I saw the high-performance uh, pipe that they were working on. Oh, yeah. And how steep it is. It looks on TV like it's flat because that's the easiest way to watch it. Yeah. But for them to have the, the uh, momentum and be able to get to the speeds they need to actually get off the ground and flip three times and righty rah it is. I don't know the exact angle, but it's seriously like it's. Um, oh, really? It's not Baldwin Street, but it's, you know, it's definitely College Hill. Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, I guess I guess the crazy thing about sports like this is they just keep on taking it even further every time, and it's one of those sports that's just evolving so quickly. So um, it's exciting to watch. Um, I'm actually fizzed up for this Olympics, mate. Great call on that because I remember we spoke to Nico Porteous last year, yeah, Baz and me, and he said, we said well, "You got anything that you're cooking up?" And he goes, "Yeah, but I can't tell you." Yeah, and I'm like what? Come on, mate! Like he's like, <laughs> nah, because if some somehow somebody else gets wind of it, they yeah. know exactly where I am on my like card sleeves, boys. Yeah, true. So there's a real like, and that's what I mean. There's a real high performance edge to it, and it, not that there hasn't been, but this is like. Proper high level sport where there's tactics, there's mind games, there's all of it. So Ben just coming in, qualifying late, on punching his ticket, gonna head there, clear mind. Let's just do it. Oh, it's great for uh, Snow Sports NZ as well because obviously you get Olympic athlete there, someone who's in form. If you can pick up a high high position, it's going to give them more funding. It's just going to make that support network that he spoke about even stronger in the future, and the team can get bigger and stronger. Um, you know, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to compete like on the world stage with the facilities we've got in New Zealand. So, remember when we spoke to High Performance Snow Sport? Oh, uh, oh name escapes me, Nick. Nick, oh, it, was, it was Nick, wasn't it? Sorry, sorry, that's poor for me. Name escapes me, but he said that they, this might be the, one of their smaller teams, mm. but the prob- best chance, ironically, eh? would yeah. be expecting their best ever haul. I don't know if he would have been accounting for Ben. Hard to know, but you've got an extra one now. By the sounds of it, um, sounds like we might have had a bit of breaking news here as well. I mean, yeah. he's going to China. I assume yeah, you're good. not going to China just to watch and carry the bottles. <laughs> <if you're... laughs> So, yeah, exciting stuff. That's so exciting, bro. 0800 Please, snow sport fans and more, oh, you don't have to be an expert, but people that care about snow sports and, and understand it a wee bit, can you put in perspective how big this sport is going and how well our under-20s, under-25s are going? 
especially Alice Robinson, if you're into your skiing, um, yeah, Super G, give us a call or send us a message. I think it's kind of hard to grasp what these guys are achieving just because it's probably a little bit of an out of sight, out of mind sport. It's not necessarily right there every single day, but it is at the moment heading into the Olympics. So we want to get better at it. Send us a text, double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennards Hire phone line is there. Plenty going on this morning. We are 17 and a half minutes past seven. We've got Cam Fletcher, Zara Jetley coming up. We also need to debrief some more NFL, mate, because today we're in a chance to get this $50 back. <laughs> <laughs> After our terrible start, two losses. Oh, and two. We're now three and two. Here we are. We're so, positive. That's right. So we, we only a couple of small little mistakes we made as well. Mm, yeah. Definitely wasn't the worst effort. So we can review that. At some stage this morning as well, plenty to come, but I want you to get in touch with us, 0800 If you're in the Wanaka area, I know it's summer, but give us a call. You must know these people. I mean, they're just Kiwis kicking around town, heading up to Cardi's. I got the lingo. Give us a call. See you at 18 minutes past seven here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. SNZ, it is 23 minutes past seven o'clock. Good to have you company this morning. Uh, plenty going on around the world. NFL, Australian Open, Premier League, Good to see Flip Coutinho back in the, in the competition, not playing for Middlesbrough. So uh, now he's, he's playing for Aston Villa, which is very exciting for them. NFL today, Mitch, we've got mm. the last of the wild card round, 2.15pm New Zealand time, Los Angeles Rams 12-5 and five against the Cardinals out of Arizona 11-6. and six. Are you still feeling all right about the pick? We took Arizona plus three and a half. Plus three and a half. Uh, hey, like we've been riding, we've been riding my ball cue. I mean, he sold us up the river with the uh, Raiders, didn't he? No, nah, we we thought we. Th- oh, he was well. blinded though. He was blinded. So yeah, see, I wasn't, but I just, I just, you guys, the fizz levels you had. Yeah, I just came yeah. with you. Came with you. Uh, yeah, I am actually. I think Kyler Murray's been. He's he's a proper quarterback. Um, just think he'll do something special after watching how. You know, Josh Allen, uh, Mahomes, you know, how they, they controlled the game. So best, and there's been a couple of there's there's been a couple of um upsets as well. So I would say Cardinals will be feeling like, you know, they were probably maybe underdogs. Um they are at the tab, so um they'll be feeling pretty confident about a couple of upsets uh this this week. So one of our picks was uh the Chiefs forty two uh oh, sorry, the Chiefs plus twelve and a half, I think it was. Mm. So uh, sorry, minus twelve. Minus and twelve and a half. So, you know, that's two and a bit touchdowns or two touchdowns yeah. really. And I didn't really wasn't too worried about it. I didn't think the Steelers would even get twenty one points, but even if they did, this is what Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, they can all get up to. 42 points, and it was really in a canter. They kind of had the 42 points about three quarters through, didn't they? They did, and then we had a real cool moment, actually. Um, Travis Kelsey uh, threw, threw a first touchdown for a tight end um, since uh, Super Bowl 52. Um, so like? since Trey Burton, yeah, five, five, six years ago. So, um, yeah, Trey Burton threw one for Philly Eagles. So got a bit of uh, audio on that, I think. Uh, we'll go first to Donna Kelsey. I'm sorry, what? You know, yes, it's it's your mom. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, mom? I'm glad you made it. Now, yeah, I know. I actually made it at, at a disappointing <laughs> Tampa game. This was an elation to see you get a touchdown 
in a playoff game. I mean, oh my gosh, how good did that feel? How good did that feel after all these years? Oh man, to finally throw a touchdown. Like I used to tell my mom when I was like five years old, I was going to eventually throw a touchdown in the National Football League. Uh, I finally got it done. It only took me nine years. That's a good question though, mom. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's so fun. And that's what makes sports so great because you can be depressed in the morning and elated in the evening. So <laughs> There you go. Glad, glad I could put a smile on your face. Love you, mom. Yeah, you too. Love you too. She's the best, man. <laughs> so how good is that, Louis? So Travis Kelsey, a tight end for the Chiefs. He threw a touchdown. And they don't um, usually throw touchdowns. They don't, they don't usually throw touch, touchdowns. But that's just the uh, you know the flexibility of this Kansas Chief offense. And and in, a, in the press conference, get surprised on Zoom. Um, they throw it out to a few fans to ask a few questions. And it was his mum. Donna Kelsey. Yeah, and Donna you, Kelsey. You can hear him go, hey, what? what? <laughs> so good, mate. Yeah, I quite like moments like that. You know, I remember back when um, Steph Curry was bringing uh, Riley, I think, his oldest daughter. This yeah. was back. Wow, no, that's crazy that the Warriors were winning those titles like seven years ago. Mm. But, you know, back then, and, and it was just comic comedy, you know, the kids tearing around the press conference or parents being involved. Do you ever, do you ever had anything like that? You've had... Oh, you see it around the black caps and stuff with the kids. Yeah, they love it. Um, you know, the Munros, all, kids are always there. They're like so fizzed. I reckon Colin Munro's son, um, Connor, has maybe every single Aces home game like would line up or black caps would line up, get signatures every single time. Just what? absolutely fizzed up. Of so his they dad's do, mates. <laughs> of everyone. Or he comes, come sit, uh, him or Chloe would come sit on our laps. So, like, Chloe would come sit with me, uh, Connor would sit with Munners, and, and they'd, like, grab the flag or the bat off the person coming to sign and then hold it for us while we signed it. It's, like, just really cool moments like that where they're part of, like, the signing sessions and just being around the team and coming for the team song. Yeah, that those moments are awesome, man. What do you reckon if your mum came to a your your mum and dad or a family member came to a press conference? What do you reckon the number one question they would have for you? Uh, uh I guess I guess you're gonna text me back. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon they'd come to the press conference just to say hey, 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 I haven't seen you for a while. Are you gonna give me a call? <laughs> How you going, man? Oh, terrible, yeah. Yeah, mum would probably be like that. Bit, be like, bit okay. shoddy on the comms, are you? Yeah, oh, I'm so poor on the comms, mate. So poor. Well, at least you're, like, I guess, honest with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I feel I feel bad sometimes because I just get, just get, I just get, things just move so fast, mate. <laughs> it's bad. This is we the, this is the bloke that had three naps on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first three naps I've had for a long time, mate. Things nah. move so fast. Oh, just, come on, bro. Not a lot of come time. Come on, bro. Yeah, <laughs> she's hectic at the minute. No, nah, no, nah, she just lives around the corner, so we see her quite a bit. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's probably just still, she wants to know because she wants to come around for a steak, mate. One of the best barbecues you've ever seen, Lou. Into your meat, aren't you? Yeah, love it. Yep. Love it. Fair enough. Okay. Well, it sounds like we're going yeah, to, to party it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. I um just just rocking a little Weber Q. All good. Just you know, nice, yeah. simple. Yeah. Not overcomplicated. Don't have one of those those brazers. Has Clado you... got his barbecue yet? I think Clado's <laughs> in massive trouble in general because <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> oh no! Shocking. Shocking. I think, he, I think he. I think he got sucked in with that busy time of horse racing over Christmas, New Year, and he might have run out of punting money. So. <laughs> Just just quietly. Oh, you and him on the same punts, are you? We were. I'm back. 
Good weekend. Good. I'm back. Good. Into Caracamillion week, seeing a bit of form, finding a bit of form. Sunday, I Great. got a couple out of the middle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so you feel like. You're going to be on the winner. You're going to be our Opie Bossum leading into the Cracker Millions. Um, it's one of the great leadings. Uh, what horse Opie picks? Anyway, Donna Kelsey asking her son Travis who threw a, a touchdown, threw a touchdown. Didn't even catch. Well, he caught some, but he threw one in the post game. That's a great little bit of audio. Good find there, Mitch. It's half past seven. Treaty with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Then we'll have a look and see if we can find some interesting sports stories from around the world. Here we go. Summer breakfast, 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. I hope your commute to work is going well in the new year. 2022, 18th of January, Karakamillion Week. And please stay with us because tomorrow at 11am, I tell you what one of the most important thing is with Karakamillion Week, the barrier draw. These two-year-olds, these three-year-olds, but these two-year-olds in particular at Ellerslie, when they haven't been there, some of them have never been there, they can get lost. The barrier draw, all important. Last year on the bubbles, way too good from the outside draw. Parksy moving him forward. Who knows what will happen this time around. 11 a.m. tomorrow, Smithy, Mick, myself. We're going to have the live and exclusive barrier draw information here on SCNZ. Tell your punting mates, make sure they are ready and dialed all the way in. Mitch, an interesting revelation out of Australia from Ufuk Tale. The Wellington Phoenix haven't played a game from since I think their FFA game on the sixth, where they won on penalties against uh, Melbourne City. Yeah, that's nearly coming up two weeks, or it is two weeks even longer. They've had nineteen players test positive to COVID nineteen last week. Ufuk Tale said that he was actually running training sessions. For five boys. We had the five boys that didn't have it. They were training through last week, and now we've had dribs and drabs of players coming out of isolation into training. We've had to modify what they were doing in sessions because we've never lived through this previously, and we don't know what will happen when they come back from COVID. So we're mindful of trying to build them back up again. This is crazy when you think about our different the Aussie landscapers to New Zealand at the moment. I was saying this when the Big Bash was going through all of their changes and we didn't really know what was going to happen, but 19 people from the Phoenix organisation. Mate, that's, that's unbelievable. You, you feel like you just stuff the other five blokes in a room with them and, and just say, OK, we'll just take a couple of weeks off, fellas. Well, if they haven't played in so long, I think they're way out of rhythm. I don't know. They're, they've had two matches postponed now. I think they've got a game, but it's not scheduled for another at least five or so days uh, to the back into this weekend off the top of my head. So, yeah. Surely that's going to get moved as well. That's crazy. 19 players. <laughs> it's pretty much the whole squad, is it? it is, isn't it? Like, what do they do? Where do they go? Like, uh, like how many games can they miss? Well, this is the question, right? And, and when we spoke about with Tony Kemp on Thursday last week, and you can go back and listen to the podcast on the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast channel, what the NRL is going to have to do. And, you know, is there any sort of, you know, there was some murmurings that maybe like a modified bubble, a modified kind of, um, you know, everybody goes to one place or one state is going to have to happen again. 
or you just run the comp and it's the deepest NRL competition and the weakest NRL competition because, say, the Warriors yeah. or the Titans or... Uh, so have their second-grade teams... So yeah. they are playing the Melbourne Storm, who have their f- who haven't been struck down as bad, and you're going to see yeah. 65 nil games. You know, like the, these Australian competitions. So I don't know if you're hearing anything out of the Big Bash at the moment. I mean, I know Munner's got COVID. Is he back playing yet? Yeah, he's returned to training. I don't know if he played last night. I know the Scorchers played last night. I can double check on that. Um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. Oh, it's the NRL. If <laughs> if <laughs> They can't if the A League can't control their players. How is the NRL going to control their boys? Yeah, <laughs> it's, fair point. Well, the actually the only positive thing is that they're probably not in competition at the minute. So most of the lads have probably just sent it, already caught it. Um, be good to go by the start of the comp. Well, it's not something to joke about, but far out. Like, there's no way you're going to keep those boys indoors. Well, all it takes is a couple, and and I think um, what you've seen in Australia is that. I know they've brought back some restrictions, especially in Sydney, but it's really pretty fast and loose over there. So it's a, just like our Prime Minister here saying it's going to be in the community at some stage, I think the bosses of um, NRL are pretty resigned to the fact that they would be, it'd be nigh on impossible to avoid it. How do you mitigate it? Kempi was saying put them back in a bubble. This isn't about this year. It's about five years, ten years. It's about yeah. preserving the integrity of the competition and how we re- reflect on it. Which I thought was interesting. I think just from what we're seeing, they're just going to forge on. And I reckon if you're a first grade player around or a top club player around Sydney or Brizzy or New Zealand, mm. get there, get over, get there. in the best shape of your life, and yeah. you will be playing in RL Rugby League. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. And and the con- when it comes to the contracting as well, it's there's going to be some guys. People who are going to get opportunities, but you're right. Um, a lot of guys as well um, in this this kind of situation where they probably can't train as much as they'd like, um, are probably, like you say, not going to turn up fit. And so these people who have got the drive, the hunger, second-grade footies, youngsters coming up, um, huge opportunity for them to take advantage of this year. Speaking of Australia and sport, one thing Mm. that we don't have too much information on, so we can't really give – unfortunately, we're not being overly insightful here, but we were speaking about a lot last week, Mitch, was this Black Caps ODI tour to Australia with the T20 tacked on. I just – I asked you this morning, do you, can you remember off the top of your head when it is? It's the 30th of January. What we have is nada as far as a squad or as far as travel plans. Yeah, Sunday week, eh? Sunday week. And I, th- I think um, I'm pretty sure New Zealand cricket would have been waiting. And yesterday we didn't actually hear from the government on any sort of COVID plans. I think Thursday's when we'll get that information. I think they're trying to get as much information as they can. If they're getting it behind closed doors, it's hard to know. I don't know what sort of communication the sports minister, Grant Robertson, is in with NZC. You'd hope that they are getting some sort of information. But the longer this goes on where we don't hear from New Zealand cricket or have a team or, or we can ask Cam Fletcher if he's had any murmurings, does it make you feel like this? there's a chance that this tour might not actually go ahead? I reckon it feels to me like there's a strong chance. I can't remember a team not having been named this far out. And I, I don't know if that's – look, Louis, I don't know if it's the fact that there might be some debutants um, going on this tour, and which, I mean, it's highly likely that it's going to be numerous, but do they not want to name the team before they know whether it's actually they're going to be able to get back, um, what their travel plan, plans are going to be, um, just so they don't put people through that? I, I don't know. What, what's your take on it? Do you think they're just holding back? until they know it's 100% definite? Or, like, wouldn't it be great to, for some of these young guys to know that they're, they're the next next cabs off the rank, even if the tour didn't go ahead? 
Um, interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. My, I mean, my gut is that they just don't know how many people they can take. Yeah, I th- I, you reckon I they'll take a bigger squad? Well, I think they would like to because yeah. everything we've just seen, you probably, you there's, probably a good, have to. there's a good chance you're going to have close contacts or you just look yeah. at what happened in the Ashes. I mean, that that bubble was probably, you can imagine, you'd have yeah. to assume. So that they you're, were, thinking, you're thinking they might have to take a 20-man squad? It, potentially, but what I'm wondering is do they know how many MRQ spots they've got? How many did they have allocated? Because remember this tour, the, the whole, I'm pretty sure this tour was um, meant to be played under you know, when we thought that you'd be able to travel from... Yeah. Remember when people thought that family members would be able to come back so from Australia? So the same thing, same issue we had with the Sevens team, like just wasn't able to book... I, I don't know. And I, and maybe they're trying to pull strings behind closed doors. Maybe that's why we kind of haven't heard too much about it because they simply don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll try and find out. And, and this isn't... Let me be very, very clear. This is not New Zealand cricket keeping anything from us. No way is that what I think. I don't think New Zealand cricket's up to anything yet. Not that's not where I'm going with this. No, no, I just think it's just a tough, tough time, isn't it? Incredibly tough time. Should you name a squad? Is that fair? I don't think you can because I don't think you know how many players. I, my, mm. I wonder if you know how many players. And then you the can implications: take. if they have to take twenty to cover it, then what does that do to domestic cricket? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I think the more you think about it, the more you realise this is a pretty. Um, oh, exactly. What would what would Auckland cricket do? Because they've just played an under twenties team, under twenty three team as their A team, um, so they don't even know what their next next guys off the ranks are because they're playing a bunch of under twenty three year olds in their second tier comp when maybe five, six, seven Auckland guys get picked potentially Ramfic- um, if it's a big squad. So ramifications are huge here. Uh, I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong, Double eight, double three, or 0800 150811. If you've got your ear to the ground on this stuff, give us a call on the Kennard's higher phone line. I mean, we don't want speculation, but have New Zealand cricket said something that I've missed here? I don't think so. I think they are waiting, and I think we're all kind of holding our breath. Imagine Thursday. If the traffic light system gets ripped down on Thursday for a Friday midnight, <laughs> some sort of revamp. Don't, don't do that to me. The Black Clash, crack a million. I think we're all kind of holding our breath at the moment. Well, I am anyway. I don't want to speak for you. It is 17 minutes away from seven. More cricket after this. We're going to talk ashes and a bit of IPL with Mitch McLennigan and Louis Herman Watt. Stay with us here on SCNZ Summer Breakfast. SCNZ, Mitch McLennigan and Louis Herman Watt here through till 9am. Then Smithy, the doyen, up after nine o'clock. Hey, um, on Smithy, we've had a text here from Paul. Good to have you texting, Paul, double eight, double three. We want to hear from you guys throughout the morning. Smithy mentioned yesterday that he was planning on getting David White on the show today. Well, uh, sounds like the Ian Smith Mornings crew aren't going to hear from New Zealand Cricket until Friday due to just a lack of information. So, Mitch, everything we've kind of preempted there, I just don't think we know, and I don't think it's because they're holding anything back. I think Sounds that, like they're just waiting for the government, right? Well, real tough landscape to know here. You'd hope that, as I said, the Sports Minister Grant Robertson's working with New Zealand cricket, mm. even if it's just really behind closed doors, you would hope. Um, it would be a massive shame to lose these ODIs. I, I think it'd be massively a massive shame. Like we spoke about last week how important this tour is for New Zealand leading into the World Cup, T20 World Cup next year. There's a bunch of guys who haven't played in Australia, a bunch of guys who are on the fringe who may, by that time next year, be in the squad. Um, a guy like in Finn those... Allen. Get him out there. Introduce him to the conditions. Particularly someone like Finn Allen, whose hands are relatively low. Um, so he's someone who would have to adjust to the bounce. 
Um, and he could be a he could be an integral part of that squad. He could be a real game changer. But you don't want him going out that first first time in Australia and realising that his hands are going to get blown off because there's extra, <laughs> extra blowouts. And he needs to know how he's going to prepare for that next next year um, if he's in that squad. So send him to the Big Bash. Oh, they try, mate. Duh. They tried that. They tried that with uh, Glenn Phillips a couple of years ago. Um, Glenn Phillips was an Auckland Auckland contracted player. Wanted to go there. Would have played six games. All the grounds that were going to be in T Twenty World Cup before last year when it was still in Australia, um, and they shut it down. Um, so you you know would have had a great opportunity for one of our best T Twenty players to go and get more experience when he wasn't in the T Twenty squad. Um, oh wow! Yeah. But then they introduced him to the T Twenty squad and made him run the drinks. So anyway, <laughs> good on, stuff. Good on, stuff on cricket, but a different type of cricket, although kind of the same. So we've just watched. Um, oh, actually, f- uh, if you four nil up, stand up. If you if you four <laughs> nil up, yeah, stand up. Gary Lyon, Nathan Lyon. There's great scenes of him in the Australian cricket team, and as great as a you read into that what you want at a pub in Hobart after they've knocked off the Poms. If you four nil up, stand, stand up. up. That's what he's saying to his teammates. Which <laughs> On is Uzi Kawaja's Instagram. If you if you want to see it, very good stuff. Yeah. So England's going home with the tail between their legs. Alistair Cook lined them up and said this is rock bottom and if it's not rock, not rock bottom then there's something irreparable he said this is rock bottom it's only up from here Jonathan Agnew has um, covered cricket for decades for the BBC and he is yeah, he's a very very I guess entrenched in English cricket here's what he's suggesting in the BBC this morning I propose that we need a complete overhaul of the uh, English cricket setup. We take the eight teams from the 100, add two more, and create a first-class competition that replaces the county championship. It would not involve the same players as the 100, but you could have the same system of a draft. In one move, it ensures that the best players are playing against the best, it cuts down the number of games, and is easier to thread first-class cricketers throughout the summer. It would be lovely if the counties could have come up with their own solution, but with 18 of them, there are always going to be issues around the number of games and the right format of the competition. Is there merit in that? Uh, I think so. I think it would definitely strengthen the sides, if that's what they want. Having played county cricket over there and seen the standard of some of the players, they're, they're like, okay, like decent club players. They, like, they play A cricket here. They go all right, some some of the teams, some of the lower teams. Um, but it's not impress- It's not like an impressive standard of cricket. Um, you know, there's, guy, there's guys over there who have played for my club here in Auckland um, who were just average um, and they've played 12, 13, 14-year careers um, in, in county cricket um, just because they're in a lower county. Um, they don't get paid heaps, but, you know, that's what they need to fill their roster. So the quality of players there, and there's no real drive a lot of for these guys. They're on pretty good money, um, most of them. Um, no real drive for them to, like, get any better, and I think you need a comp like this to actually re- people to realise, hey, there's only eight teams. It's. It, I think the key is best players paying the best players more often. More often, and then these guys need to get better. They need to get faster. They need to score more runs more consistently to make those eight franchise teams. And maybe that lower tier just turns into a bit more of an A setup, like a feeder competition as opposed to... Hey, knowing that you said you've been over there, I know you know know some of these English guys. You know what cricket and county cricket means, steeped in tradition. 
I can only assume that when the 100 came up, there was a lot of people rolling their eyes. If they tried to rip down the county framework to add to make the 100, yeah. would, would it go down well? No. Nah. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't, but it is the best move. I, I agree with Aggers. I think there needs less teams, um, stronger squads, uh, competition for places. At the minute, you can just you can just make a career just chilling. So it's uh, just chilling in, in county cricket, just meandering along, not really having the skills or the aspiration to play for England. So double yeah, it's a, a good thing. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. English cricket fans, county cricket fans, could you see it working? Did you watch much of the hundred? Be in touch with us now. Double eight, double three. I want to hear from you. Back after this to wrap up the eight o'clock hour. On SCNZ, we've got lots of Super Smash going on. After 8 o'clock, we got him out of bed. Um, it's game day. But Cam Fletcher, he's been in some sort of form. And uh, I know Mitch has been extremely impressed with what he's been doing with the gloves as well as the bat. So would he be one of those guys that potentially would have been included in a wider squad to go to Australia? Potentially. Probably even. Cam Fletcher after 8. And then Zara Jetley, 4 for 1. What... Are your best bowling figures in T20, mate? I think I've taken a five for five for thirty-five. I think you went yeah. for thirty-five. Yeah, I know. Oh. Shocking, eh? <laughs> <laughs> With five wickets caught on the boundary. <laughs> oh, come on, bro. No, that's sad. No, that's, that. that's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> Four for one. That's insane, right? Yeah. Proper, mate. Proper. Can't wait to have Jan about her. Actually, she's come on really nicely since I saw her a couple of years ago. Pretty impressive young spinner. Beautiful stuff. Zara Jetley and Cam Fletcher. Big hour of cricket coming up. It is summer. What do you expect? And um, look, we're going to talk some more Karakamillion because, of course, we are. Off to find some more McCafe. Here's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. Super B Complex, 75 tablets for just $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SCNZ Summer Brecky, three minutes past eight o'clock, here for one more hour this morning. Mitch McLennigan, Louis Herman Watt sitting in for Baz and Izzy. They'll be back before you know it. 18th of January. Happy New Year to you. If this is your first week back at work, I'll say what I said yesterday. Good on you for riding them hard in the contract negotiations and getting that extra week off over the summer. The weather has been good, and I bet you'd be making the most of it. Still thinking about our friends in Fano over in Tonga as well. Crazy seeing that footage on the news last night of the satellite and um, the scientists, the GNS scientists, saying this is going to take them years to understand. So plenty going on around the world on the climate and the weather front. Also on the sporting front, we've been talking a lot about cricket. We just did a half-hour heavy whack on cricket, and we're about to do an hour more. So I know you love it. Stay tuned to us. Mitch, you've been um, trying to solve the world's problems, work out (laughs) what's going on with this tour to Australia I guess we won't know for a couple more days, as we say. Um, it's going to be a long week, eh? <laughs> it's going to be a fun week. And today it's going to be a long day because you got him up nice and early. Cam Fletcher from the Canterbury Kings. He's got a super smash game tonight against the Auckland Aces. They find themselves in a strong position, the Kings, and it's probably due to a, some good form for a lot of key players, including this man. He's joined us now on the line. Morning to you, Cam. How you doing? Oh, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no, nice strong coffee. 
Yeah, I've got double shots in there and ready to go. Oh, beautiful, brother! Hey, mate, you you must be you must be pretty stoked with how you've come along, particularly I guess the last couple of years. For those people who don't watch too much domestic cricket, I, I think um, the way your game has improved and evolved um, has been absolutely outstanding, mate. Um, from and if you don't mind me saying, when you first moved down to Canterbury from a guy who couldn't hit the ball off the square to doing what you're doing now, mate, you're, you're leading the stats and the sixes in the T20 competition. Um, you must be stoked with how things have come along. Yeah, I think, Colin, before you're not wrong, um, <laughs> I guess it's been, a, it's been a long journey to um, a few um, weights in the gym and things like that, trying to, trying to do everything that could help. But... Um, yeah, I guess the last couple of years have been good fun. I'm not sure whether that's just, I guess, getting a bit more experience and um, and understanding my role a lot better. I guess I've I've been fortunate enough that um, Peter Fulton's come on board as our head coach, and um, he's just a he's a very clear coach, very simple coach. Um, keeps the messages um, nice and easy, and I think that that's worked well for me. Um, so it's it's always hard to say around certain skills and things like that. Um, Maybe, you know, you've worked on your game. Maybe they're always there, but you just have to find them. Um, but, yeah, the last couple of years have been <laughs> pretty enjoyable. Yeah, well, it always, it's always easier to like something if you're doing well at it, isn't it, Cam? What, interesting you mentioned um, Pete there. And is there something about the way he communicates with you? And have you realised that there's something within you as an athlete that connects with a coach if they do communicate a specific way? Yeah, I mean, I think for Fultz, it's definitely a less is more um, kind of communication. He he played the game, obviously, himself at the highest level. Um, he's been coaching for a little while now. He captained a lot for Canterbury. Um, I think he just, he understands, well, from his perspective anyway, what to how to get the best out of players, and I guess from batsmen as well, knowing that it's a... I mean, a pretty tough game at times when, you know, one second you have a good game and you have a, you have a rough game and just trying to keep that level head um, about the way you're playing and to know that, I guess, your job every time you go out there is to, to perform your role um, and to contribute towards the team. Um, but but being realistic that that's not going to happen every game and he communicates that really well and I think that works with me. A uh, really good point you touched on there. You talk about um, a coach telling you that it's not going to happen all the time. It's not going to work all the time. And and I guess in the past you probably would have put a lot of pressure on yourself to go and when you know it's a performance-based game, um, to go out and perform every game. Hearing that message and seeing your strike rate even increase this year, you're striking at over 150, mate, which is absolutely outstanding. Um, that must just make the game so much easier. Is there anything in particular um, outside of just um, keeping it simple that he said to you that's really like turned you up a gear? I mean, he set it out pretty early for me, um, probably when he just came into the role to say, look, all I, I, what I want from you is to um, do whatever's required in that particular ball. So say it's T20 cricket at the moment. Um, he just he just said quite simply to me that, you know, if you need to go out there and hit a six first ball, that's what you need to do. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, judge you in any way if that doesn't come off. Um, but if that's what's required to win us the game, um, well, then I back you to do it. Um, and that was probably something to me that I guess resonated to go well. In the past, sometimes you like coaches are like, oh, you know, we want you to go out there and hit it, but but don't get out. You know, if you get out, <laughs> yeah, then, um, then you know that's not what we want. So and it's and although the 
I think most people were pretty realistic that when especially in T twenty cricket and you're in the middle order that you're gonna go out there and play shots and it's not always gonna come off. Sometimes you just need to hear that message and and it um gives you that confidence. Cam I think your your name's definitely in the frame um for high honours. Um we were talking earlier in the week that I thought you would be the next cab off the rank to play test cricket um, purely because of your glove work um, and your tenacity, your ability to just knuckle down. Uh, but has there been anything spoken about you potentially being on this tour to Australia if it goes ahead? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, you always hear rumours here or there, but, yeah, nothing. I haven't heard anything um, officially about anything. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, I guess yeah. When there is chat about things, you kind of start going, oh, you never know. Um, but I guess for me, it's just keeping my game simple is what I've tried to do the last couple of years. Try and win games or contribute to games as much as I can for Canterbury and understand my role and, and try and be leader within the Canterbury group. And then just if things like that happen, then they happen. So not trying to get too far ahead of yourself, and that obviously helps with as far as clarity on the field, as as you've been saying. Um, just being down on the mainland in the O three, you love it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, you telling can me? You, can you just list the best three things about Canterbury and the worst three things about Auckland? Just put them next to next. You to know, side. you're talking to an Aucklander yeah, as well. But, eh? but, yeah, but I reckon he's. Mate, think about it. Change your environment, change your results. And um, I reckon, what do you reckon, Cam? Is you enjoying your time down there in the O three? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, it's tough to put a, a nail on on three things, but I mean, um, I guess to me, Christchurch is definitely nowhere near as busy. Um, you know, like there's not quite as much going on compared to Auckland. I mean, there's still plenty. Is that going a good on, or a bad just, thing, Cam? I think it's a good thing. I mean, everything, I guess, aligns with that simplicity style. Um, is that you know it's easy to get around. You can go from you know one side of town to the other. You can catch up with your mates and things. It's all nothing's too complicated. Um, and yeah, there's I guess there's plenty of things to do, but also the lifestyles. Um, probably a, a fraction more realistic down here as well. Sing so. it to me, Cam. <laughs> Louis just here. He's just got this the biggest his, grin on his is, face. This mate. is our next tourism minister right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, you wonder why there's been so many um, black caps from Canterbury, Mitch. This is it. It's the lifestyle. <laughs> not, not the flat wickets. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> Big boundaries, flat wickets. Yeah. The old jokes aside, though, for whatever it is, it's going going really, really well for you. Um, where can you see this Canterbury side Making it this year, let's go back to what you, you uh, well, I guess right the here and now, another game tonight, a couple more games, and hopefully right there in a spot to make one of these qualifiers or even somehow snab that top spot. Are you happy with, with the lads are at and how the team's tra- trending? Yeah, our group, you know, the last the last couple of years especially, but the, um, the last few years we've worked extremely hard on T20 cricket. Um, I don't think Canterbury's, I think maybe the inaugural T20 um, I think we got over the line, but since then, I think uh, Canterbury haven't won a T20 competition, so that's been something that's been important to us and, and our white ball game in general to keep developing. Um, but this year, we've, I mean, we've got we've got some guys that have, you know, done a number of years, I guess, at this level, trying to find their feet, and we're beginning to do that more and more, and we're, I guess, fortunate 
um, in a game like tonight. We've got a few of the Black Caps back who've who have gone up to that next level and have performed extremely well um, across all formats. Um, so to have those kind of guys back amongst the group, it's just pushing our group um, further forward and forward all the time. And we've also got a few fresh faces um, coming in below as well, coming out of the youth cricket that are, is, is looking really good. Yeah, nice. Big inclusion here in Daryl Mitchell back tonight uh, for you guys. Uh, I guess uh, he's only been down there a year, but what impact has he made to Canterbury cricket? Yeah, Daryl's made a massive impact. I mean, I guess you can you can see in the way he plays when he goes up to the next level that he he brings a bit of energy about him. Um, you know, he he looks to he looks to try and dominate um, in the way he plays with with the bat. You know, like taking a couple of steps down the crease, just asserting his presence to the game, um, and he's also can control that that middle order of um, in our batting unit, even top to middle order, depending on where he comes in um, with the bat. And with the ball, you know, he just he's just one of those guys. He's a little bit niggly when you're batting. Um, um, has a couple of words here and there. And he just gets a, a little bit more energy amongst the group um, when we're fielding, and, and that always helps. And um, one last thing before I let you go. Um, people viewing in today will will see the size of your biceps, um, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to draw attention to that. Um, just so they know it's not all show and there's a bit of go, uh, what's, what's, what's your bench press, what's your squat, what's your deadlift? Uh, <laughs> my current bench press is 130 kgs. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get it up a bit good. more. But That's obviously good, mate. Cricket, yeah, with cricket, um, I guess it doesn't always allow for a lot of gym training in the season, um, and just the heavy load of playing more cricket. Um, and your squat and your deadlift. Line, yeah, so do a couple of we often box squat at the moment, so that's part of our um, our program. So it's not a full range squat, but um, I did testing the other day. I think I did a two forty box squat. Um, Louis' eyes have just gone up. Yep. Change your environment, <laughs> change your results. <laughs> and, and the old deadlift, mate. A deadlift. Um, last time I did a, a conventional deadlift, I did a one ninety deadlift, um, and then we do the trap bars as well in our testing, and I'm about around the two twenty. So, yeah. There you go. So not, not all shows. So. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, let, I will just say, Cam does have one of the tightest shirts going around in domestic cricket. Good. So, good. Yeah, good rig. Yeah, good rig. Good, good player. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, really. Louis loves you because day. you're from Can or you moved to Canterbury. You might be scoring runs, but, you know, how big's your chest? So, <laughs> that's it. and it's just good to, so good of you to point out Daryl Mitchell, just another great Cantab, just out. Oh, turn it up. Turn <laughs> out it up. There, scoring runs, Cam. Awesome to catch up man good luck tonight a um, bit of a grudge match actually I've just realised Mitch we'll, it'll be a sombre mood for one of us in the studio t- <laughs> tomorrow morning but um, appreciate it man and go well awesome thanks so much for having me on guys all the best cheers no Cam what a ripper what a good dude nah, legend of a fella mate legend of a fella and um, I just just such a great story he will get a chance to play for New Zealand soon hopefully at some point um, but that this guy works harder than I would say 95%, maybe 98% of all the cricketers going around domestic cricket. Um, so any reward he gets going forward um, is thoroughly deserved. He's an incredibly tough worker. Well, you know, he's almost fitting that mould of what we've been seeing with New Zealand cricket for the last five, six years where he's coming up 29, 
Mm. He's really put in work domestically. Yeah. No, haven't rushed him through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wouldn't even know what would happen if they did. But the, the all we can say is the results at the moment are speaking for themselves. I mean, go check out his ESPN Crick Info. You can look back through his career. It is definitely trending in the in the right direction. And um, if he does make that, if he does make that Black Caps environment at some stage, you can just hear in his voice. He's not going to be overawed. He just seems like a pretty feet on the ground, cool, calm dude. Uh, and he's just going to he's just going to work hard. Uh, I'm sure. Um, hopefully, he succeeds straight away. But if he doesn't, um, I know that he'll try and fix and rectify and won't get overawed because I, I think he does understand that hard work gets you places. Um, and these are the kind of guys I look out for, Louis. Like I, I'm not big. I'm not big on. And I've seen it so much throughout my career. Guys who are, who are really great young, there's only a few guys who get past that early 20s phase. It's the guys, I, I look for the guys who weren't super successful like younger cricket, but have shown that dedication, that tenacity, that drive to like prove people wrong. And those are the people I look for like in hyper, like for cricketers going forward because those are the guys who I know know how to deal with pressure, know how to deal with adversity. And those are the those are the types of people that I would build a team around uh, rather than the flasher. <laughs> the, the Mr. Cricket. Yeah. It's the, you know what? It is, mate. It's Stephen Fleming. Flemo was banging on about this during the second test. Yeah. It's when it, when Devin, we keep saying Devin Conway, run machine, run machine, run mm. machine. And Flem just took, kept saying, he just reminds me of Mike Hussey. Yeah, he just took his time to find out who he was. He had to graft. He had to work. He had to learn who he was. Yep. And he's so assured when he's at the crease now. And when we spoke to Devon, he was kind of speaking, talking about that, like um, every ball as it comes, you know. Just. But they're also the people who can solve problems by themselves because they've never like been yeah. in the system or been supported or touted as the next big thing. They've always had to do a majority of their own stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and so they know how to solve their own problems as opposed to being. The guys who have been given every spoon fed, mate, it's a real big problem in all sports, in all big sports, just from that mental side. So um, those are the guys I like watching. Those are the guys who I think make good long-term cricketers. Um, That's just my personal opinion. Obviously, you get the superstar who comes through and, you know, goes through adversity, comes back and and learns that at a different point in their life. But I like those guys who have had to fight and struggle. Um, I think they just make better cricketers and better, better team players, team performers, um, long-term, more yeah. consistent. You know, and there's a there's an argument, and there'll be lots of people in their car now at uh, 19 minutes past eight, they'll be thinking of, they'll be listening to that and they'll be thinking, do you know what, I think about the people in my life. A lot of the time, the good people and people that you really want to spend a lot of time with are people that haven't had it super easy. And mm. at one stage, via a circumstance or another, have had to really dig in and, and problem-solve for themselves. Yeah, and it's kind of a metaphor for life, but I can see exactly what you're saying in cricket terms. I can see exactly what you mean there, Mitch. Nice stuff. 20 minutes past eight, Cam Fletcher. If you missed that chat with Cam Fletcher, I'd recommend you going and hearing our future tourism minister speaking to Mitch and myself. (laughs) Turn it up, bro. I will. When's the ads coming? (laughs) Come on, Joe, let's just roll the ads. (laughs) Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. The party, Paul Mawadi, is just moments away, and... Wow, Thad Taylor, his comrade, has been we're getting stuck in to the boys get paid, lads. So we'll ask him about that. But Mitch, double eight, double three, the text line's lighting up for you. Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, just a question: uh, best player to not play for New Zealand? Uh, so I don't know if you followed a little while. A little while back, there was a guy, Andrew the Border, 
um, scored back-to-back hundreds um, against India under-19s, uh, went straight into the Auckland side, ended up captaining at a really young age. I think he might have captained at like 22. Wow. Um, and then just – he was one of those guys who had the um, – pay wasn't very good then. He like might have been on 35 thousand dollars with some match fees and stuff like that um, found it really difficult to get a job but he he, he took the chartered accountancy route um, so opportunity cost he was like well I can earn 60 70 80 thousand dollars at the time which was a decent amount um, and he was like opportunity cost which kind of was such a shame there was obviously there was some stuff where he got dropped from the one day side when he was playing really good one day cricket um, so it's just a bit of that kind of stuff but Virat Coley and I think I am right in saying this. Virat Kohli, when Kane Williamson scored his 100 in India, said, oh, yeah, we knew Kane Williamson was going to be a good player. But he said, um, what's happened to Andrew DeBorda? Like, that guy was the best <laughs> best player of spin from a, a non-subcontinent player that they'd ever seen. So that's coming from Virat Kohli. Shout out. Yeah, so that's, uh, that- so, I mean, that's that's nice that, yeah, so... That's real cool. There you go. He's got that in his. He may be now. He's a chartered accountant, and he has that framed as well. So you know how people chartered accountants have yeah. their uh, t- yeah. tickets on their wall. Yeah. Also got that quote, that ESPN Crick Info <laughs> quote next to it, and I would too. All right, tab.co.nz. It's where you go for all markets for sports and racing. And our man Paul Moati has joined us on the line. Paul, how are you doing on a Tuesday? Yeah, uh, not too bad. Uh, what we're one day into the Australian Open, uh, and that was very, very popular with punters uh, yesterday and last night, um, and looking to keep going today. Of course, we've got a bonus back promotion uh, on the tennis at the moment, and we've also got a mega multi-buster uh, on the tennis, which has been very well supported. If there's one sport um, that suits itself to multis, it's tennis, because you can load up three or four uh, leggers, um, and a number of them uh, during the day, uh, and the night. So, yeah, it's been very, very popular so far, only one day in. Perfect, perfect, Paul. That's good information, mate. Now, we've got a saying here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, or the SCNZ summer breakfast, and it goes along the lines, don't poke the bear. And the bear is Ian Smith. But it is a saying that you can extrapolate out. Thad <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> I suspect he needs to hear this. He is poking the bear. He's tr- he is starting to push the buttons of the BGP guys that are trying to get this punters club up to 500k. He's say- saying that they're up against it. He thinks they're safe, and I don't know if that's a right, the good thing to do because once the phone starts going and they want to hit this 500,000, I don't know, Paul. I'm just wondering is Thad is Thad running the gauntlet here a little bit? He is underestimating the power of the boys get paid uh, punters club. You, I have no doubt by the time we get to Saturday, you will have got to the half a million dollar mark and I'll, uh, our old mate Thad is going to have to come up with a $50,000 bonus <laughs> bet. I'm just, I'm still trying to figure out where he's going to get it from. Well, you don't reckon the marketing department signed this one off? <laughs> well, I don't, he's gone rogue on us. I'll give you the tip right now. <laughs> That's great, though. That's what we love. We love I can that. tell you the running balance. We're over the two hundred thousand dollar mark. Right. Hey, um, when do so futures markets are gone now? I'm pretty sure because I was wondering, and it sounds like that we potentially might hear who Opie Bosson is riding before nine o'clock this morning, and we'll announce it as soon as we hear. But that's usually a, a great uh, market push, isn't it, or a great clue as to which one of the Tiakau runners is primed and ready to win. 
that's probably the best marker uh, if you want to know which one of the uh, Tiako runners uh, they fancy the most. Uh, is the one that uh, Mr. Boston jumps on. So, yeah, as you say, I'm just having a look down the um, futures market at the moment. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, they're all closed. I could, I could tell you the, it was either the worst liability or the second worst liability uh, was that thing that you tipped out, uh, what, a month or two ago, Time Flies. Yeah, well, time flies didn't, and time flies got short in the market as well to six bucks. It's actually the first emergency, so they don't even know if it's going to get a start. Tomorrow, Paul, the barrier drawer is live and exclusive here on SENZ at 11 a.m. So we will um, all know what's going on there then. I know you'll be tuned in, and we might even catch up with the TAB uh, crew to see if there's any early market indications once that draw is done. So we'll talk to you then. I think it's a great idea. Beautiful. Paulie Moati, yeah. the party, tab.co.nz, your place for promotions in play and a lot of sports markets. Mitch, a couple more texts on cricket we're going to get to just after the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ Summer Breakfast, we are half an hour away from 9 o'clock, or actually 27 and a half minutes if you're running late for work. You better get there. You don't want to be late in your first or second week back for 2022. That would be a very poor look indeed. Aussie Open tonight, looking forward to getting stuck into that. And remember, the NFL, the last game of the wildcard round, Mitch and me, well Mitch, we need the Cardinals to cover a three and a half point start to get a $50 bonus back and then we can just do the same multi we can just we can run it back <laughs> yeah, at perfect. no cost yeah good yeah. that's what we want that is what we want hey um, we're doing it anyway we, oh yeah <laughs> so it's going to cost me more cash as I say as I say to Paul never never say I'm not good for turnover <laughs> <laughs> there is no chance that I'm not having a bet every once in a while and by every once in a while turnover is going to get even better when Izzy and Baz are back yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. Those lads do love a punt from time to time every day. Um, texts here around the cricket, though, yeah. uh, Mitch, I want to get back to because that conversation about adversity and, and also what we're, where we're at with different formats, it's a good conversation. So do you want to get through those? Um, yeah, first one was just around the Big Bash, just a quick one. Um, I've watched almost every game. Scorchers and Sixers seem to be the only teams um, that haven't had mixed results. Just wondering why a team like the Heat, my team, struggles so badly, considering the list they have, Buff Lehman as the coach, uh, a couple of overseas stars. Is this all mental or flawed in the way that they play? Uh, look, hey, not knowing exactly what they do in the setup, but um, from the outside and playing against them, it felt like they lacked um, good planning. Um, I might be going out on a limb there, but just to me, it looks like um, particularly like bowling plans. It wasn't like didn't look like there was pre-planned um, options. It was looked like a reaction. Might have been one plan, but not B and C. And and the T20, you need to be super prepared. Um, so I feel like they've got their plan A on how they think they're getting someone out, um, and then they don't have a. B or C, and it just seems to be like resorting to either hole or, or something like that. So uh, I think they could improve on more probably on the planning side of things. Plus they also under Linney um, and what Baz implemented over there was just go out hard um, and they play hard, like try and blow people off the park. Um, not so much this year, but generally they have their their home ground is 
the Gabba, and it's usually got one big side, um, and they're like big hitters, like big hitters. Yeah. But it's a big boundary. If you bowl, if you're a good bowling team, and you come and you bowl to that one side. Um, you can shut down the bigger hitters. Whereas I think that the side that they tried to build would be better on a smaller, smaller ground, even like a smaller square ground, like an Adelaide Oval or, or something like that. Um, just feels like that the style of cricket they're trying to play there maybe not super conducive and they don't have enough of those guys who nurdle and run two um, with another striker at the other end to take on the short boundary. So it just looks like the balance that they've got maybe just out a little bit. Good text though. Yeah, good text, yeah. Um, and then the other guys, um, Sydney and stuff like that, just, just experience, what, exactly what we're talking about, like older guys who have played a lot of cricket, Scorches as well, the same thing. Yeah, and, and Greg's picked that up. I agree with the idea that adversity builds character and resilience in our cricketers. I feel that the same could be said for some of our rugby players. Is the elite academy pathways and systems with everything done for you really building men with resilience and character to win tough World Cup finals? Greg, it's a really good point. And um, I think for a long time you look at a guy like Akira Yuani, who was just a dominant high school player in Rico as well. And, and they have actually had it, and especially Akira, you know, has picked up parts of his game in the last year, but touted and probably had it a bit too easy. Maybe by just physical nature of how big and strong he was as in the teens. And you see it, you do see it. And I think there's a real double-edged sword with this uber-professionalist professionalism model that we're kind of running with our rugby because gone are the days of just coming off the farm and raw ability and talent um not that these guys like dc and richie didn't go through pathways but really they were just kind of raw raw talent when they and they had big ticker and they learned how to do things just by being out there rather than these academies but I can also see the definite benefit of getting these young men into academies, teaching them what it's like to be a professional because for some people, and I do think it's personality driven, that is how you will respond and that's what you need to top yourself up to make it at the top stage. Think about those those guys like DC and Richie and all that. They played against men. Like you're saying, guys off the farm and stuff like that. Guys who have played footy for a long time just knew the way around the track mm. and they, they would have got roughed up early doors, um, real early doors. So yeah, they would, would have been part of those academies and all that kind of stuff. But then you step outside of that and you go, say, play some real tough like club rugby um, you know, against grown men. Um, I think that's kind of where you saw that they, oh, they built a hey, better player potentially, I guess. Here's one. Um, Ethan Blackadder. I think he only cracked the Crusaders when he was 25, 24, mm. and he played club rugby in Nelson. Um, David Harvey, another fairly late bloomer, was never in the first 15 at uh, Nelson College, came through that under and was doing it for the love of it, then went to club rugby and so there are actually examples of that in this current environment. You can lean on and say, yeah, well, they weren't the touted and they actually went and got real-life rugby experience and now they're playing extremely, extremely well. It's 21 minutes away from 9 o'clock and there'll be many more examples of that and people will just say that, oh, you've just picked two Crusaders and I have. So there you go. <laughs> 21 minutes to 9 o'clock. We're going to talk some more cricket coming up after this with Zara Jetley. The figures, four for one. Quite incredible. We'll catch up with Zara after this. Remember her four for nine in last year's comp. Is that a chance? Got to be. Got to be. She's got it. Four for one. The innings comes to a close. It's a new record low. Zara Jetley makes history here today. Wowee. Four for one. Yeah, four for one. That is real life stats, uh, Mitch, of a real life bowling display. One of the great days out, you'd have to say. Ja- Zara Jetley, uh, Wellington Blaze spinner, is on the line with us now. Morning, Zara. How you doing? 
Yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Did it, was that cool to hear that sumo calling that wicket back again? Have, have you watched your highlights a couple of times? Uh, of course I've watched the highlights. Yeah, no, it's been <laughs> crazy. I saw, I actually hadn't quite processed it as as I got the 4-for-1 four and had been interviewed. It just hadn't hit me. Um, and it wasn't until I think Lance, my coach, had turned to me and goes, you know, you did break the record. And I was like, oh, What? Oh, but yeah, no, it's awesome. Absolutely outstanding. Um, it seems like a common theme between uh, obviously the Blaze and the Firebirds. Uh, you and Michael Bracewell might just need to do a, a viewing session um, of both your performances, both record breaking, outstanding. Well done. Thank you. Um, I guess the thing I, I think I commentated your debut a couple of years ago, um, and. What I've seen in the last couple of years from from then and now is a really good change in uh, pace, um, good variation, uh, a lot more control. Um, who's been helping you with that, Zara? Um, yeah, it's. I think Ivan Tester was our head coach last season, um, and he was fantastic in the sense that he did teach me how to vary my pace. Um, and I guess it does depend on the batsman that you were facing as well. And I think Lance only just helped me a little bit more. Um, and I guess also that drift in the air, that movement. I'm still um, working on really trying to get it to turn on the pitch. But I think that's just going to come over time um, with a stronger technique. Yeah, well, if you can get it to move in the air, that's that's all part of it, isn't it? But, um, oh, geez, it must be so, so nice to, to bowl with Amelia Kerr at the other end. Yes, yeah, um, it's very lucky to be surrounded by first-class players such as uh, Amelia Kerr and Sophie Devine, um, not only to watch them and be able to pick their brains, but um, I guess having an awesome friendship with them always helps too. So, yeah, it's really, really lucky to um, be surrounded by amazing players. Um, and, yeah. Are you and Amelia sharing spinning, no- spinning notes? Because the, the, the dual spin attack, it's pretty lethal. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I think it's uh, me and Lee Casbrick and Amelia always um, talk about us as the, the trio. Um, and I think we always come together and it always seems to go our way, which is always which always comes, comes quite nicely for us. It's always a good feeling walking off the pitch together. So, yeah. So Lee, Lee obviously usually takes like uh, the newer ball. Um, is that something you want to do in the future? Yes, for sure. Um, I did get the opportunity to open at the start of the season, which was awesome. Um, And that was a really cool experience. And um, I do hope that maybe leading on to next season that that would be the same again. But then again, Lee Kasprick is a phenomenal um, spinner and just has the smarts of the game. And um, again, it's just a waiting game for me. Um, And hopefully over time I'll be able to take control of the new ball. Yeah, she's wily, isn't she, Lee? She's very, very yeah. ha- handy. I-, I guess you wouldn't want to be trying to change too much right now if you were well. No. The, the, the brains trust at Wellington Blaze. Eight from eight, net run rate of 2.69, 32 points. So you're clear of the sparks with a game in hand. Can you put it down to anything? Um. Uh, well... Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I mean, hopefully we can continue with that momentum and into the grand final, maybe elimination final. Um, we have a game coming up against Auckland Hearts, so hopefully that goes our way. Um, but yeah, we I guess it's just it all comes back to every individual. They've been just performing at a standard that's expected of them, and it it's just been awesome um, that everyone is contributing in some awesome way. So it's great. Yeah, Zara, yeah, standard that's expected of them. That um, seems to be a common 
statement that's coming out of the Wellington setup at the moment from both men's and women's. What a great organisation to be part of at the moment. Uh, I guess growing up, uh, who were the people that you looked to as like uh, mentors or or even someone you just aspired to be like? Um, uh, when I was I was a 13, 13 year old when I played, and Sophie Devine was just amazing then. Um, and I've always dreamed of playing with her. And three years later, I got called into the Blaze at sixteen, and I remember her standing there, and I was just kind of like shaking, like, "Oh my gosh, um, she's just amazing, um, Sophie. Just a first class player, and amazing the BBL, always in form, and um, it's always great to see. And I guess the other is Amelia Kerr, having played in representative cricket with her, um, and it's just awesome um, knowing that now I can call them teammates and friends. But are you still you're still a fan? You got these signatures? <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sophie's, yeah, Sophie's great. No. I mean, uh, I think I don't have I don't think I have merely all Sophie's signature, which is surprising. I never ever got to it, but um, I know all my friends do, so that's cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you got to got to get a bat from Sophie as well. That's that's one of the things. Those players they get a lot of bats, so. And get yeah, get yeah, a sign sure. on the back. Hey, I tell you what, Zara, yeah, yeah, sure. it's um, it's so refreshing and it's so cool to hear how you have been real life impacted by a, a woman role model like Sophie Devine and even Mealy that you've been able to watch them and then go and do it yourself and your own professional cricketing path is you know on its way. It's pretty cool stuff. That's um, that's what we, that's what it's all about, really. So congratulations and getting to rub shoulders. It's you must be pinching yourself each and every day. But the the figures four for one. I mean, they're, they're going to go down in folklore, I think, mate. So well done, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from you in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. No worries. Breath Ooh, of lovely. fresh yeah, air. So lovely. Awesome. That's what it's about. Yeah. Rubbing shoulders and then going out there and and you know clap. Then they clapping your you are four for one. So good, bro. Can't get so my head good. around it. Well, Amelia Kerr had three for three at one stage. So, so Did you see the that. drift she's been getting? Like, that nice wind at the base. Oh, eh? man. It's like mesmerizing. It's yeah. like you're beaten before the balls yeah. even hit the ground and spun. Eh? Yeah, and then that quicker one, which just skips on, hits the shiny side. Yeah, she's got some good variations now. She's doing well. Got the mystery one as well. Hey, mm. breaking news. Ding, 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 ding. What did I say? Opie Bossin. Dynastic. <laughs> the old man's or Opie Boss and Tiaka Racing has announced their riding list. Grayson Gray, Craig Grills, not losing anything with Grillsy up. Lord Cosmos, Jonathan Parks, good to see him back riding. Fellini, Sammy Weatherly, time flies if it makes the field. Maddie Cameron, dynastic. Opie has chosen dynastic to ride. Um, he worked all the horses again this morning. He worked dynastic and Grayson Gray at Ellerslie yesterday. I wouldn't be reading too much into it if you're... you're um, Grace and Gray's owners, this filly looks like a like she can seriously gallop as well. And Grillsy is in superb form, but dynastic. Opie Boston has chosen dynastic. We're going to catch up with Smithy. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on that the other side when we sleep on it with Ian Smith.